There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Do at least a little something irresponsible, like light off an M80 at midnight and rattle the neighbor's windows. You know what I'm saying? I just want to point out, I never introduced myself. Like, hey, I'm Marty the Party. One guy had a rain jacket. They're switching hats. They had it figured out that nobody was going to know that they weren't fishing for three days. You know those Bass Pro Shop hats? I think I'm going to, like, start wearing those more in, like, posts. They look douchey. Good morning, degenerate anglers, and welcome to Bent, the fishing podcast that recently replaced all the tubes on its beer helmet because tonight, all it wants to do is... Party, party, party. I'm Joe Cermelli. And I'm Hayden Samak. And uh, Joe, do I sense a uh, rager tonight? <laughs> no, no. No, not at all. I'll actually, I'll be enjoying a quiet evening in slippers. But I mean, it is New Year's <laughs> Eve, which is really the, the only Italian time I can ever... you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's fine. I just figure, look, this is the only time I can ever get away with with theming a, a show entirely around Andrew WK. It's not the party, Now, did you know, Joe, that uh, comedian Bert Kreischer <laughs> is adamant that Andrew WK doesn't actually like to party that much? Like he, I, I, he, he was like adamant about it. He didn't have like a sketch about it, but like he had mentioned in uh, one of his podcasts that he tried to have a beer with him and he was like, oh, no, nah, man, I'm good. And he drank like a quarter of the beer and went I, on. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked. Did you know there's also a conspiracy? You can watch there's videos that claims Andrew WK doesn't actually exist. Like he's not a what? real person. Yeah, I swear, dude, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's kind of like the mattress firm thing, only cooler. Um, but yeah, so I also follow the hard times on Instagram, right? Uh-huh. Oh, and I one of my favorite, yeah, oh my God, so good. And one of my favorite headlines of theirs was aging Andrew WK declines Facebook party invite. <laughs> and I, 
I thought that was genius. Um, oh, I also saw him open for Aerosmith once, and I was the only guy in Madison Square Garden that both knew who he was and was excited to see him. <laughs> anyway, that anyway, me. yeah, right. So anyway, look, you're uh, you're pretty you're you're young and pretty untethered. What are you doing for New Year's? I'll just assume there's a vodka luge involved. Would I be right? Well, <laughs> as uh, <laughs> you know, uh, some listeners know, uh, I've I've lived kind of a uh, another life, and at one point that might have been true, man. Um, but you know, I you don't can't know. afford a vodka luge anymore, right? Yeah, well, you know, um, <laughs> I, I I think that uh, I think I might be taking it easy too. My girlfriend and I were going to the East Coast for the holidays, mm-hmm. and. I'll tell you what, if we're with her parents, it's certainly not going to, uh, not going to be a vodka be- luge <laughs> type, uh, not, not going to be a party. I'll tell you what, if we're with my parents, we're going to get wine drunk, but, uh, you know, you I, I, I don't know how it's, how it's going to play out. Yeah. Your parents got a case of Josh Sellers or something, box yeah. of wine, whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, listen, no matter, no matter how you're partying. What's that right? supposed to mean, man? I don't know. <laughs> I'm broke. My parents aren't. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. No matter how you're partying, though, right? I feel we, we at least have to say, do it responsibly, please. And if you're not partying, like me and apparently Hayden, do at least a little something irresponsible. Like light yeah. off an M80 at midnight and rattle the neighbor's windows. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of responsibility, uh, I believe that the end of the year is kind of a time to take stock of your many interesting and circuitous life decisions <laughs> and perhaps... <laughs> Make a resolution on uh, the way you might carry yourself forward uh, to mm. that end. Are you a resolutions person, Joe? You know, this came up last year and, and nothing's changed. I am, but I don't share them publicly, right? Like I make a little deal with myself. Yeah. And then when I fail myself, there's no one to yell at me other than myself. Oh, perfect. You know I mean? Every- <laughs> so it <laughs> all works a- out. <laughs> Joe's strategy to success, kiddos, a lack of accountability. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what you that's how you gotta be. Um, I do, however, I have one fishing-related resolution that I am happy to share. Um, no, no, not, not kidding. I want to take my kids fishing more in 2022. And it's not that I don't now, right? Because I love taking my kids fishing. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, like free time for me is precious right now. Like you, you have a lot more of it than I do. So when you have that day to get out, it's very easy to talk myself out of bluegills and catfish, yep. you know what I mean? And like packing up loads of fruit snacks and shit yep. and talking myself into doing the grown up stuff that I want to do. So I'm promising myself that I'm going to do that less this year, even if it means I have to miss a few more opportunities, um, you know, to do the kind of fishing I really want to do. How about you, man? Any, any resolutions that you're willing to share at least? Yeah, man. Um, you know, I, I think that I want to get myself into like Alpine Lake shape. Oh. We have this one scale at the meat eater office that we use to, uh, when we're planning trips or whatever, we got to weigh the gear because we take it on a bunch of flights and stuff. Uh-huh. It, <laughs> I stepped on that thing, man. And I'll tell you what, I'm still hoping that scale's broke. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, please dude. I, I would kill to be built like you. Are you nuts? Um, that's a, that's a, that's a fine resolution though, man. Like I'll, I'll probably never see an Alpine Lake. Um, you out there listening, uh, you also, uh, you should probably resolve to get yourself some, uh, gear in 2022 from our sponsors, 13 fishing. And there, I just went in for the quick hard sell, right? I didn't even dance around that, uh-huh. but, uh, I really do want to thank 13 for being part of Bent and supporting us this year. We're so proud to have them and, uh, we genuinely love their gear and, uh, they're a great group of people. Glad to have them here. 
a great group of party people, I hear. We want fun, and you better believe it. We want fun, and you better believe it. <laughs> I've, I've heard that. 13 Fishing knows how to party. And of course, there are lots of ways to party, right? Back in the day, I was a house party guy on New Year's. I hosted, mm-hmm. my dad would, would clear out and give us the house as long as nobody drove. He's like, do whatever you want, just nobody leaves. Um, but I also, I know people that that like just go to the local bar for New Year's. I know people that buy tickets to those all-inclusive club parties. You know what I'm saying? Like at a hotel or something, it's weird. I went to school at Tampa briefly, and and down there, there were a bunch of kids running around with way too much money, and yeah. one year, one of them rented out a strip club. Oh, like rented a private, the whole thing? I lived Ooh. in an international dorm, and uh, there was some oil money there. Oil money? Oh, man. Oil so money, yeah. I've never known anybody who could, who could rent an entire place out, but I, I did almost get suckered uh, once into paying whatever it was, a hundred bucks to go to one for a private Super Bowl party. Um, and I, I passed. <laughs> I, I, it's not really my scene, tell you the truth. But yeah. we know a guy that knows some guys that wouldn't have passed on that kind of party, right? So let's shift into Smooth Moves, our segment where we let guides and captains vent about ridiculous things their clients have done and talk to my old friend, Captain Frank Campbell, about an unforgettable photo shoot. Why did you do that? Why? Why did you do that, Terry? Oh, my God. Joining us today for Smooth Moves, my very good friend, Captain Frank Campbell from Lewiston, New York. What's going on, Frank? How are you? Uh, Not too much, Joe. Just enjoying the weather. Great day. A lot of snow. You know, nothing crazy going on around here. So what is the weather up there? Because I was just there, which is why we're doing this, because you actually told me a story while I was fishing for steelhead with you on the Niagara, um, and we, we got lucky. It was pretty mild. Has it gotten cold? Is it is it more true to form up there right now? Well, actually, it got windier, Joe, if it could. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, I, I, think, I, I think I'm going to give up the fishing business and start a kite flying uh, service or something, because it's, it's been it got, kite it surfers. Got, it got, yeah. yeah, it got windier than the 50 miles an hour we dealt with. We dealt with 60 mile an hour winds on Monday. It's the, the problem is it keeps going from cold to warm, warm to cold. It can't, can't uh, you know, figure out what it wants to do here like a lot of yeah. people. And, you know, yeah. we're dealing with dirty water, clean water, wind, snow, rain. And, yeah. You know, we, we get all four seasons in the same day sometimes. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So uh, just just remind me, how many years, you've lived up there your whole life, right? How many years you've been guiding on the Niagara? Yeah, I've lived up here my whole life. I've been guiding going on uh, 31, 32 years. So it's been, okay. been a long stretch, no doubt about it. Okay, so before we get into this story... We uh, we have to we have to set we have to set something up very quickly, sort of establish something, and um, I man, our, we're going to hear from our Canadian listeners, but that's okay, it's fine. <laughs> Part of the conversation that, that we were having that led to this story uh, when you and I were fishing, Frank, was that the strip club scene across the border in Canada is is a little different, generally speaking, than here in the states, right? Uh, that's not that I know personally, Joe, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, in my younger years, I'm not going to lie. I, I, it was, it was on the way to the bait shop. You had to stop. Yeah, of course you did. Right. Yeah. Pick up. A, yeah, exactly. It would have been rude not to. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But, but, but I think, and we're, we're certainly not going to get explicit, but like, um, uh, they can wear a lot less over there. It's just, it's just like a little bit looser kind of vibe. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're going to say a lot of them forget their clothing. Joe. Right. Right. Yeah. To, yes. 
Got it. Because I I also have never been to a strip club across the border. I'm not really a strip club guy, but like this is something in fishing, maybe in hunting too, that you hear a lot about. Like, oh man, these strip clubs up in Canada are crazy. So obviously where you fish is right on the border. All the bridges are right there. You could throw a rock and hit Canada. So it's it's important to understand that uh, so that we get the, the full scope of this story. Now, how long ago did this happen? Oh, it was probably 15 years ago, I want to say, some, somewhere in that range. Okay, so take us from the beginning, what happened, you know, and uh, we'll, we'll just, we'll just let, it, we'll, we'll let it roll. Oh, okay, so as it always, you know, we're booking a lot of trips for salmon in the fall, and I happened to book these uh, three, three guys to come in, and they book three days for salmon, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's kind of during the peak time of the year, but that time of the year, we're balls to the wall, you know, fishing every day, fishing twice a day. So it's really where we make our money. So anyways, these guys book these three days and they show up in the morning for the Friday morning trip. And they're like, uh, coming on. I'm like, guys, you really don't need a cooler. We have something to keep the fish in. We have a live well, if you want to choose to keep fish. No, no, no. It's it's not for that. We got our clothes in there. I'm like, well, that's a big cooler, right? It's like like a, 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 150 quart Yeti type thing, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, <laughs> coffin box, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, we'll, we'll make room for it. Not a problem. You need to close. <laughs> so they get the uh, cooler, put it on. We go up fishing, and within a half an hour, man, we're, we're bam, we got our first fish on. Catch it. It's a nice, you know, 20, 25 pound king, and the guys are all excited. Guy holds it up, you know, takes a picture with it. Next thing you know, his buddy's taking a turn, taking a picture with it. Then his other buddy's taking a picture with it. I'm like, what are these dudes doing? And now they're saying, hold on a minute. I said, well, we'll get it done. No, hold on a minute. We want to get some more pictures. Next thing you know, they're pulling clothing out of their cooler and changing and saying, can you uh, turn the boat so we can get the bridge in the background? All three of them tur- <laughs> changed their clothing. They have rain jackets on. I'm like, whatever. I'm not thinking about anything. They do this and they take like two sets of clothing oh, each. I, I think I know what's going on. These guys are like, hey, you know, let's go back fishing. We go back, we catch another one. Same exact thing happens. I'm like, what are these guys doing? They, they want to keep the fish, but they say, you know, we'll keep, okay, they're keeping them. It goes on. We catch like three or four fish. The guys, which, which is an average day that time of the year, and they're happy. I'm happy. We go in about one o'clock and I go to clean the fish. And after I clean them, they're like, uh, hey, Frank, uh, just let you know, we're, we're not going to fish the next couple of days. I'm like, what? Guys, this is like prime time. No, 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 no. We're going to pay you, but we're not going to fish. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take that. You know, they're going to pay me full rate. Not going to fish. Frank gets to sleep in during the time of the year. All good. I said, well, no. we, we caught enough today that we were able to take enough pictures. We're going to the strip clubs. We're going to stay right there for three days. Well, then I'm putting two and two and two together and saying, these guys took like 20 pictures of three fish. And they're like, we got, we got plenty of, plenty of uh, photography to show to our wives, plenty of pictures. We're going to prove that we were there the whole week. It wasn't weekend. a gripping grin. It was an alibi. <laughs> yeah. That's all you want. Know? So I'm thinking these guys were premeditated in everything they did. It was crazy because I'm the guys, the other guys are like, Frank, what are you doing? You're over there with like 45 <laughs> minutes with one fish. I'm like, well, 
we had to get some alibis, basically, you know, for these, for these guys. I mean, Joe, in 30, 30 some years, I've seen a lot, but these guys went to extremes. I mean, the one guy had a rain jacket, the other, they're switching hats. They're, they had it figured out that nobody was going to know that they weren't fishing for three days. I mean, you look at pictures, you'd be like, oh, okay. Then you're looking at, oh, can we go over to the other side of the river? And it was definitely well planned out. And Kudos to them. I mean, they had been there before, the year before, and it must uh-huh. have taken 365 days to conceive this uh, this plan <laughs> because they were like, we're going here. We know what time Miss Nude World goes on at, uh, you know, 430. It's like, what the hell? These guys are unbelievable. I'm not necessarily saying I, I condone it, right? But it's pretty slick, right? I mean, that is a lot of forethought. Yeah, until like <laughs> until their wives start counting the spots on the back of the salmon, man. They're going to be like, there no, is see, no here's way. The other, here's the other part. And after you told me this story, I was like blown away. And then I started thinking about it. And I'm like, they actually took it to another level. Uh-huh. Because why would they pay you full rate for two days that they're not fishing Unless the funds on the credit card or whatever also have to match oh the right. amount of days they stayed to That's fish. That's right. They, they, because they I actually, was like. Yeah, I, th- I think they gave me a check, Joe. I think they ended up giving me a check for the days. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? We got the guide receipt here. We got the check. Oh, my God. Canceled cash. They had everything figured out. I mean, they weren't going to leave something, you know, to, uh, hey, uh, why did this happen? No, they were. They had everything. It was it was it was ingenious. I, I would have hired these guys to murder someone if I was <laughs> if I was in the market. They had it all covered. You know, th- there's definitely a resolution message wrapped up in that, like somewhere. Oh, totally. <laughs> you know, I mean, definitely some good party vibes, but also like maybe resolving not to be shady with uh, with the misses would be a good one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The premeditation in that is insane. And uh, it, it's like one of those stories where if you say, um, if you only harness that brain power for something good, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the world might be a better place if you put that much forethought into something good. Anyway, uh, we're about to harness our brain power, though barely, one last time in the year 2021 to bring you the fish related stories dropping harder than the ball in Times Square. This is Fish News. That escalated quickly. All right, let's kick out this news jam. Um, We don't really have much housekeeping other than wanting to mention that um, several listeners reached out in regard to last week's show, which of course featured a uh, a riveting interview with Santa Claus (laughs) and wanted to know, wanted to know why he sounded so much like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't sure what to say. <laughs> well, you know, I feel like both of them spend a lot of time in isolated locations. <laughs> it's dark and cold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anybody who's spent enough time out in like real cold weather like that knows, you know, it can dry out your skin. So I think both of them put the lotion on their skin. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's starting to get dark. It's start- but I, you know, I think, I think that pretty much sums it up. So you yeah. can stop asking now. Hayden just figured it out. You know, you get a little ashy, you need a little lotion. You know what I mean? Anyway, um, we should probably try and get Ted Levine on the show sometime. Maybe he fishes. He's one of the most underrated actors ever. You know what I mean? 
Sure. I would just ask him to say Buffalo Bill lines. Um, anyway, friendly reminder, uh, news here is a competition. Hayden and I do not know which story the other guy has grabbed. Um, and at the at the end, our resident noisemaker, audio engineer Phil, will declare uh, one of us a winner. And it's it's my lead this week. So unless you you have anything else to add, I'll I'll get started here. Get on with it, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I know. People want to go party. So let's just move it along. Uh, anyway, as we close out 2021, begin a new year, I'm, I'm actually going to help you twice with my story today. I'm going to make you more fashion conscious and richer in one fell swoop. Bullshit. How does that sound? I'm going to do it. I'm about to. So this right. story <laughs> comes from uh, the story comes from the Wall Street Journal. And um, the headline, Lord, give me strength to read this, is how a six dollar Bass Pro Shops hat became a fashion trend. Nice, nice. You know, uh, <laughs> this is honest. This is something I've been noticing for about how long? Like a like a year or so. Well, see, that just tells you we we look at I think maybe some different things online, like run because I have not really been noticing this. And then this story hit, and I was like, "WTF is happening here?" Here's how the story begins. Direct quote from the story: Jesse Alvarado doesn't fish or hunt. And he wouldn't describe himself as an outdoorsy person. But on many mornings, Mr. Alvarado, 25, a restaurant worker in Los Angeles, plops a Bass Pro Shops trucker hat on his head. To Mr. Alvarado, it's just a good-looking hat. It's a simple design. Like, you can throw it on with anything, he said. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, my hatred will grow as the piece goes on. Anyway, uh, according to John Paul Morris, that's the son of Bass Pro Shops founder Johnny Morris, uh, BPS has definitely noticed uh, the run on the trucker hat with the classic BPS logo, the vintage one with the jumping bass. Now, he wouldn't specify how much uh, of a sales increase they've seen with these hats, but I'm betting it's pretty staggering, right? Because part of the charm of these hats is that they only cost six bucks. And these days, it's not uncommon for the hats to be completely sold out, both in-store and online. In fact, they're so popular that uh, fashionistas, shall we say, routinely check the BPS website, and there are even rings where where the members tip each other off to when they'll be restocked so that they can get the hats, right? So uh, why the rush to hoard them? What's the big deal? Well, here's the part where I help your financials in 2022. Because I'd be willing to bet some of you probably have this hat listening right now, right? It's a, it's a classic hat. According to the story, people are flipping the $6 Bass Pro Shop trucker hat for up to 20 bucks a pop on eBay right now because they have become <laughs> a hard-to-get commodity. And uh, as I understand it, you could flip a new one. You could flip one that you've sweated in on, on Lake of the Ozarks for the last 20 years. Both will sell. You might get more for the, for the sweaty one. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. Nothing more that hipsters like than like provenance. Or like, it's not even rem- hipsters, really, man. It's like, Joe, are you familiar with the term f- boy? Yeah, I yeah, I am. I mean, I don't know like the full definition, but I've heard it thrown around. It's just like kind of like a kind of like Gen Z millennial like tool bag is 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 what that basically comes uh, from. I, I it's like, like it. I'll start using yeah, that more it, it, now yeah, that you've it, explained it. It is the same negative connotation of a hipster, but it's more widely applied to like jockey sort of folks. Got it. 
I'm not sure if this is going to make it to the podcast. Listeners, now you know. <laughs> no, no, no. It is. I'm trying to think. I, I, You know where I heard the term? I don't want to get off, but there was a thing on Instagram. It was like a comedy thing out of California called Churdleys. Does that ring a bell? Mm, maybe. I, I haven't seen it in a while, but they used to use that term. Anyway, uh, okay. we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on here. Um, but the, like, this, the, the this old... gives me an idea. I'm going to bring it up a little bit later in this podcast, but I, I have an idea okay. that I think you might like. Okay, okay. Okay. So the article tries to break down exactly why these hats have become so trendy, and the reasons vary. This is going back to the story. Patrick Sims, a 34-year-old account manager at a marketing agency in Austin, said the caps bring him back to high school. Okay, Okay. that's cool. No issue there. Fine. He says he went to BPS with his father back in the day and has fond memories of this. Also cool. Nothing. That's that's great. But then he (laughs) says the hats also make him think, of resurgent fashion trends in the aughts, and I hate that term, in the aughts, when celebs like Paris Hilton and Justin Timberlake help popularize trucker hats. Oh, yeah, like the Von Dutch. Von Dutch. Dutch, exactly. Mr. Sims' two BPS hats satisfy his nostalgia on two fronts, personal and pop cultural. And I just need to clarify um, that it was not Paris Hilton nor Justin Timberlake that popularized the mesh trucker hat. I think the OG people listening will agree with me that it became popular well before them, well before the aughts, way back in 94, when one was worn by Seabass in Dumb and Dumber. That is what popularized the trucker hat. And I, I would love to remind everybody what Seabass's hat said, but I won't on the show. Uh, <laughs> so then we have, right, then we have 28-year-old John Wright, who is an entrepreneur and an actual hunter based in Nashville. I'm not familiar with him, but I assume he has a, a TikTok following because he says, um, on TikTok, it's all you see. It's every different color hat. You see the trucker hat everywhere. I'm not on TikTok, so I, I don't do that. So that was new information to me. That idea that I told you about in the beginning, uh, my girlfriend is on TikTok, and we have talked before about the Bass Pro trucker hat trend. Really? This I has have- come up in conversation at home. Well, yep, and I asked her about it in this exact context. <laughs> Why are all these f- boys wearing these trucker hats? <laughs> um, I Which, think, yeah, my idea was, why don't we give her a call real quick? Oh my god, do it! You're gonna I, call I'm, her right now. I'm gonna tell her that <laughs> I w- that uh, I want to get a bunch of these trucker hats, and we'll see what she says. It's a news first. Hello. Hey, um, Joe and I have been talking about how like is really we're going to way. connect um, more with like like we're trying to get like the fishing audience, and we're trying to get a younger demographic. And like part of the way we're doing that is like social media shit. And you know those Bass Pro Shop hats? Yes. I, I think I'm gonna like start wearing those more in like posts. Okay. Why are you telling me this? I just wanted to know what you thought about, like, those hats. I think they're stupid looking. Why? Because they look douchey. Like, what do you mean? I don't know. It just reminds me of, like, a frat bro, and I'm not about it. Okay. Um, Joe, do you have any... Uh, is <laughs> no, that thank- in line with what tell you her, Tell her I said thanks for that, but we need to continue on with news now. We're cutting into the party time. <laughs> Joe said thank you for that, but we're getting on with news now. Oh, okay, great. Joe, uh, okay, bye. <laughs> Douchey was not, it's not, it wasn't one of the words I was going to use, but she said it, not me. 
So hey, uh, you know, and <laughs> let me tell you what, frat boy is only four letters away from f- boy. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. So let's 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 get out of this, right? Uh, the story continues. The trendiness of this has confounded some longtime loyalists of the brand. Adrian Williams, 26, and this is going to be my favorite one. This is the last guy from the story I'm going to I'm going to talk about, but you have to hear this one. Adrian Williams, 26, of Raleigh, North Carolina, has older family members and peers who grew up hunting and shopping at Bass Pro. Ask him, why are you using the hats as a fashion statement? Mr. Williams, an account executive, explained that he likes the shape of the hats and the array of colors. He grew up hunting and now likes to pair the hats with Chelsea boots and skinny jeans. I, I like Chelsea boots. So I, how did I know you were going to say that? I didn't even know what Chelsea boots were, or at least I didn't know that's what those slip-on boots were called. I didn't know they were called Chelsea boots. Uh, but for anybody else who didn't know, here's a quick explanation of them from um, YouTube channel Real Men, Real Style. In fact, if we were to use a car analogy, those work boots are a truck. This is an SUV built on a car chassis. In a nutshell, it makes them versatile, but they're really at home in the city. So, dude, I cannot, like, whatever. Quick story. When I was in college, trucker hats were the thing. I never wore them, and not because I didn't really? like them. I, no, I didn't. And it's not because I didn't like them. I just kind of didn't wear hats for, like, fashion. I wore ball caps when I went fishing. I wore hats yeah. when I fished. But I, I never wore one to class or, like, out to the bar, really. I, I, nowadays, I, I just want to hide my mostly salt with a, a splash of pepper hair, so I wear a hat all the time. But back then, all the hats I owned said, like, Fish Pond, Betty and Nick's Bait and Tackle, the Feathered mm-hmm. Hook Fly Shop. It's dorky shit. Like, you can't wear that to a party. Um, but I remember seeing this particular Bass Pro Shops hat back then, and I was like, that's my hat. It's a cool trucker hat and supports my fishing jones. And shortly after deciding to get one, I saw two in the same night at a house party where, like, Chevelle <laughs> was playing very loudly. Yep. And I was like, you know what? Never mind, right? But yep. I, I don't know. Then it seemed like the whole trucker hat thing died, so I'd say the dudes that kept wearing them were more likely to be anglers, uh, you know, that just thought they were a cool hat. But now after this, I feel like it, it's 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 like if you're one of those people that loved them, like, we regret to inform you that it's not cool. For your girlfriend, it's douchey. At least yeah. not, you know, it's not cool for hardcore fishermen. So... I don't know. I feel like it's almost more akin to a Salt Life sticker now. So sell that shit on eBay if you got it. Get your money and buy a few packs of Senkos instead. Bass Pro Shops hats. There you go. Oh, and one more thing. Listener Glenn Cranefeld uh, sent me a link to an op-ed piece about this hat. And um, it was written by Matt Labash that I highly recommend you guys read. It's called Bass Holes. So just Google Bass Holes plus Labash. That's L-A-B-A-S-H. And enjoy that. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself 
and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild, but searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today because trust me there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth there's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the sunshine state or any other destination on your fishing bucket list book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids with over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Moving on from Bass Pros to Robo Bass. Uh, this week in fish news, <laughs> we have a very strange development in the fight to combat invasive species. Oh, uh, I been... saw this. I saw this, and I was going to grab it next week if you didn't grab it this week. This is a good one. Yep, yep. So scientists have been developing a robotic largemouth bass to learn more about the impact of fear on the invasive mosquito fish. Before we get ahead of ourselves here and into what everyone wants to hear about, that being the robo bass. We need to have a little like ecology lesson and get to know the mosquito fish. Mm-hmm. The mosquito fish is like a, it's a small freshwater species. It only gets about like an inch and a half, two inches long that was introduced to water bodies across the world as like a means to combat mosquito borne illnesses by controlling mosquito populations. Hence their name. They prey a lot on mosquitoes. Um, there are some instances of this working, uh, that being the, introduction of mosquito fish um most notably in sochi where there's actually a statue of a mosquito fish commemorating its role in eradicating malaria on the nearby black sea coast huh no way that really worked out there i didn't know that fun fact well it seems to it seems to i mean like there are various like you know factions of like the scientific community who are like that worked really well and then there are others like that did not work as well as you might think, and it was probably some other shit. <laughs> these, um, these drugs we developed worked even better. Yeah, 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 yeah they're pretty good. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, the success of the introduction program was limited, and instead many areas saw like negative impacts caused by the introduced species, that being the mosquito fish. Ironically, the mosquito fish's presence often made the mosquito population increase, and the reason that is is because they outcompete... Yeah, they'd outcompete <laughs> native fish for like other food sources. So the mosquito fishes don't just eat mosquitoes; they eat other shit. Got too. it. Got it. They had options, so they opted out of mosquitoes, kind of. 
Right, exactly. And that led to crashes in native fish populations. And those native fish would also eat mosquitoes. So if there are like five fish, one of them being the mosquito fish, four of them being other native species, those five species together were eating mosquitoes, right? Got it. I think. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to unpack. We'll all, Basically we'll all what pray I'm saying on it and like, sort it out later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, now the moment you've been waiting for, enter RoboBass. The RoboBass is a horrifying, like, albino robot largemouth. <laughs> I mean, this is just based on some of the pictures that I've seen of it. And scientists have been using it to scare the shit out of the mosquito fish in aquariums. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, as an experiment, it kind of cracks me up. Uh, as I kind of touched on uh, for half a second in the opening, scientists are using the robots to learn exactly what happens when the mosquito fish are exposed to fear. By building a robot replica of one of their like most voracious predators, that being the largemouth, scientists are able to scare the mosquito fish in the control setting and then observe the physiological and behavioral changes the mosquito fish exhibit. In just six weeks of exposure, they've noted that the mosquito fish has basically become a, a nervous wreck, <laughs> losing weight and acting like... <laughs> Just not relaxed. <laughs> Importantly, <laughs> they've noticed two physiological changes that could spell success for the future of mitigation efforts. One, the females get skinnier. And two, the male sperm production is cut in half. Hmm. Right? Okay. So it, it, it's having major impacts on the reproduction viability of the mosquito fish. Theoretically, in a tank environment right now. Yeah. To be yeah, fair, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is all proof of concept, right? And that's what I'm going to get to in a second yep. here. So, what is the future of the Robo Bass? Well, you're not going to find a pond by you getting like a full on stocking of Terminator fish anytime soon. Its main purpose was proof of concept, that being that fear could result in the mosquito fish undergoing rapid negative physical changes in response to a stressor. Uh, to that end, scientists are looking at other, more logistically feasible methods of stressing out these fish, such as predator sense, now that the concept has been proven to work. So this is super fascinating. Um, and just to be clear, what, what they're basically saying is they're developing these robo-bass, right? Theoretically, you could put them in an environment with mosquito fish, okay? And they're going to stress those fish out to sort of keep them in check. But the robo-bass obviously isn't going to eat the mosquito fish so that they can keep eating mosquitoes. Is that the point? Because otherwise, why wouldn't you just throw a bunch of largemouth in the pond if they don't have them, other than the fact that they'll then eat the mosquito fish? The robo-bass, in my understanding of it, is used specifically in these controlled environments to prove that like stress will result in like a decrease in reproduction viability of the mosquito fish. Right. So the end, the, the end goal then is not like we're going to make these things and if you have a mosquito fish problem, buy a robo-bass for $39.99. Yeah, no, no, no. Throw that, it in that, there. Got it. That's not it. Fun, Although I, I bet you this is going to result in some sort of like crazy like articulated crankbait. What this is really meant to do is just to prove the concept that they react to fear in this way. And obviously like it's not viable to go put a robot in like all these bodies of water or several robots in no, all these bodies no. of water. No, no, of course um, not. You wouldn't. And plus, I mean, I don't, I don't know how long they've been doing this, but I mean, fish aren't as dumb as we think. 
eventually, the, my guess is in the controlled environment, they'll stop being nervous because they'll realize it's not going to come over and eat them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, they do have the thing programmed to, like, lunge at the mosquito fish. Like, oh, no it, shit. It, thre- <laughs> it threatens them in, like, a very, like, immediate sort of way. Um, but, yeah, like I said, the whole thing is just proof of concept in a controlled setting. I think what they're really leaning on is, um, you know, things like predator sense. Got it. Um, Got it. You know, it, and that would kind of do two things. One, it would still allow them to, like, you know, put this stressor into uh the mosquito fish's habitat but also you know when you said why not put a bunch of you know why not stock these spots with a bunch of largemouth a lot of these spots like should not be stocked with largemouth for instance um I, they have a big problem with mosquito fish in australia mm-hmm. and i think per our conversation with uh, carl jacobson there are not currently a bunch of largemouth around australia no, they don't need them down there. They got way cooler fish than that. I don't know yeah, why you want to so. go, th- you know, throw a lame-ass bass down there with all them Murray cods and stuff. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, I, I guess we'll be at the mercy of uh, Phil the Engineer. Yeah, we will. I just have to say, though, my biggest takeaway from your story, I just w- I want one of the robo-bass for my kid. Like, yeah. he, uh, there's already a crankbait that kind of does that, but like, yeah. oh my God, he'd have a ball with that. Throw that, that shit in the <laughs> bathtub, he'd have a field day. Um Anyway, I cut you off. We are, yes, we're going to Phil for final judgment of 2021. Um, and I'm sure he's, he's probably squeaking this in just minutes before the ball drops. So, um, Phil, happy new year, my friend. And I, I, I really hope you're not wearing a Bass Pro Shops trucker hat right now or else I'm, screw, I'm screwed in, in terms of judgment. Um, and after we, what are we doing? After we hear from Phil, oh, yeah, we're going to go into a very special edition of That's My Bar because... I know what got it, Marty, 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 Marty. That's right. It's a roundtable with our dear friend and guide, Marty, a.k.a. The Party Yee. Uh, and by the way, if you notice that, that Hayden's audio sounds a little off in this, that's my bar. It's because he was legit drunk when we were recording Stop this it. And, <laughs> and forgot to plug his mic into the karaoke machine. Zero one, zero zero, one one, zero one zero. That's binary for Hayden. You're the winner this week. You know, sometimes when I work from home and I'm not in the office, I leave behind an albino robot version of myself. Just kind of prop him up in my chair. It looks like a crash test dummy with a 2007 Zac Efron haircut. It's been three months and Hayden still hasn't noticed. And I think that might say more about me than it does him. Hmm. Best goddamn bartender from Timbuktu to Portland, Maine. Or Portland, Oregon for that matter. So we're doing kind of a special That's My Bar this week. Uh, Freeform Jazz, That's My Bar. I guess it's kind of like a bar roundtable, if you will, which is something that we've <laughs> we've never done before. We've always relied on on listeners to write in and tell us about their favorite fishing bars, but we'll, we'll shake it up. What the hell? So so joining Hayden and I today, um, longtime friend of the program, Marty Yee, Cross Current Guide Service. He's been he's been you've been with you've been on here many times now, Marty. Yes, uh, it's a couple at least. Yes, that, that that I know of. And it, it only seemed fitting since we have a loose party theme for this episode uh-huh. that we have to invite you because your IG handle is Marty, aka the Party. Correct. So we can't like you can't have a party themed bent and not invite 
Marty, aka the party. Now this is true. When when I was first introduced to party, I was actually party. <laughs> <laughs> that, people call me that too. I've been people calling him Party too. Marty all week. It's fine. Yeah, people yeah. call me that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I was introduced to him as Party Marty. Exactly. Well, I I just want to point out, I never, I don't think once in my life have like introduced myself. Like, hey, I'm Marty the Party. That name was given to me here. <laughs> that name was given to me here on the Delaware. Like the guys are the guys around here just started calling me that. Please expand, because my next question was going to be, how did you become uh, Marty, aka the Party? It's so it's a I, probably a ninety nine percent based upon that it rhymes. Probably <laughs> a, big, a big deal to do with it. Um, I, I don't I don't know. Uh, when I first came on the senior in the Delaware, it was a couple of people that I'm still friends with. Um, they it, it rhymed. I don't know. I, I I guess I just put off that vibe that I like to have fun, which I do. In fairness, right? So for our Halloween episode, we did Ugh. end up with a photo of you in a shark costume passed yes. out in front of a golf cart. That would have so, been like during that was like, helped. That was like the that. height of party, Marty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I thought I thought this is what we would do, right? We always we always have listeners write in about their favorite bars. Um, and w- when we kicked off this segment, when we first started it many many moons ago. I actually talked about one of my favorite bars on the Upper Delaware, where you are. It used to be Lydia's. What the hell is it called now? I just keep calling it Lydia's. It's. I mean, I still do too. It's called McBreeze's Crosstown Tavern. I believe. Yeah. Are the are the are the fried mushrooms still as good there, Marty? You know, I don't eat <laughs> mushrooms, so I don't know. But I could. T- I could. I could tell you what I normally get there is still as good, but that I mean, it's nothing. It's wings. Okay. Nothing well, part- crazy. Party Marty doesn't eat mushrooms. That almost doesn't make sense. You know I know. What I'm uh, anyway, so, you know, I think between the three of us, we've been to enough divey joints in different parts of the country, maybe some close to home. And I just, Hayden and I thought we'd rap a little bit about, like, what are just some of the most memorable, a fishing bar that sticks out to you, whether for a single experience or someplace that you visit all the time. It's a round table, Marty. And you're the no. guest, so I'm going to let you go first. You're going to let me go first. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, you're fucking Marty, aka the party. So, like, we're like we're gonna have a hard time following you up. I think. Yeah. Th- so there's definitely <laughs> there's definitely one bar. So there's one. When I first got to the Delaware, um, I came kind of with like nothing ish, like a hobo almost. So I didn't have much. So yeah. Well, yeah. What a lot of guides do, which I find is common even now, when they first start guiding somewhere and they maneuver area, they like. You know, they they're, they try to be as cheap as possible. So I was in a trailer. I, I decided to live in a trailer. Sure. Yeah. So I ended up through a buddy of mine at the Beaverdale. So this place is called. I'm, I'm I might get crucified for like giving this spot out, but it's not really a secret spot. But it's kind of a cool hangout. Um. So I had a trailer. So this is a place. It's a, it's a campground. It's a bar, restaurant combination. Right on the Delaware. Is this on the East Branch, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. It's right. We're at the junction of where just just. Near where downriver of where the uh, junction of the Beaver Kill and the Delaware meet, this this place is just really cool, and it, it's kind of like I, I don't I don't know if this is the right phrase. It's kind of like the um, when I was there, it was like the the first starting like underground campground. Like it just started, it, like it just opened for the last couple of years, so everyone was kind of new there. And it turns out that I still have friends that I, I uh, met there, and it just turns out there's just like a bunch of guides and anglers, hardcore anglers that just camp. You know, most like I would say like 15 percent of them are guys that live there like throughout the week and the whole during the season, and the rest are like weekend guys who have like trailers on the yeah, river. Yeah, like old. You know, you get a, this diverse mix of people. Like 
old school fly tires, like guides, um, you know, like all, just all walks of life. And there's a bar there. And it, <laughs> not to mention, it's just like a really fun bar. The people who own it and, and run it, they're amazing. I love them. And they're good to their customers and they treat us. And it's just a fun place. So you can just imagine like me first coming to the Delaware, trying to learn the ropes. And I just get thrown into this kind of like, it's, you know, an undergroundy local divey bar. I love it though. And uh, just all these mix of people of different fly tires, anglers from all different experiences. And just a really cool place. Is it the kind of place though that like you have to be in with the family, and then if you are the random dude that just strolls in there, you're like you're not supposed to be no, there. Kind no, of thing, I, you know? I wouldn't say that. I mean, no, they're uh, like I said, everyone's friendly there. You know, it's, it's see the irony. The, the one that came to mind for me, I've only been there once, but man, it really stuck with me. And also, ironically, I'm going to Montana for a bar. Okay, Ooh. Oh, it's not in Bozeman. Don't get excited. Okay, but this was years ago. Uh, my first assignment for Field and Stream ever in Montana. We ended up in a place called the Antler Saloon in Wisdom, Montana. You heard of this? Hayden just I made the face. I have been there. You're a liar. I swear to God, up in the Shields Valley. I don't know. He's just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on the it's on the big hole. It's in Montana, man. Come oh, on. Uh, far, know, man. far, Is far there... west side, almost on the Idaho border. Oh, no, I have not been there. Ah, yeah, okay. There. There's one with antlers in the Shields Valley because I bird hunt up there sometimes. I bet you there's a bunch with antlers in Montana in all general. Right, all right, Just man. saying. All right, But man. anyway, <laughs> so it's like this total honky-tonk country joint on the side of the road. And like it was me and my buddy from Jersey, and we had no business being in there, right? Like it was that kind of place where you felt like, obviously, we're not from around here. I mean, there's a gas station in the Antler Saloon in Wisdom. But what made it so memorable was – you guys ever been in a dive bar where somebody sort of sidles up next to you and starts talking? And sometimes that's cool. Sometimes yeah, that's very cool. Most of the time, not. But sometimes it's really shitty. Most of the time, and you're it's just not. like, please stop talking to me. And like, we must have just looked like baby faced, like <laughs> not from around here. And this straight up Montana cowboy, like grizzled flannel shirt. He sat down next to us, and I mean. By the end of the night, he was begging us. He was he was giving us all his girl troubles, his girlfriend troubles, and like begging us to give him a ride back to Idaho. And then it got really weird. And at one point, I mean, he said all kinds of wacky shit. But at one point, he's like, "You give me a ride home, I'll show you some ears." I'm like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "What do you mean you'll show us some?" He's like, "Ears." I'm like, "Human ears?" He's like, mm. "All right." And the dude just wouldn't shake us. But it was just totally. It was like so dusty and dingy in there were there follow-up questions to that or did you just yeah i mean why i don't know how you just moved on from that yeah you didn't you didn't say like excuse me (laughs) no i didn't i didn't really want to know i just wanted i just wanted to shake the dude i just wanted to shake the dude and that was that was that was like the the antler saloon stuck with me because of that guy who likely if he hasn't passed away is probably still there almost every night you know what i mean but don't you wonder yeah, well, I do. Well, there's a reason but, Joe's wearing, I mean, Joe, like, full <laughs> ear-covering headphones. Man. Haven't you wondered your whole life, like, what if I would have said, like, yeah, I want to see your ears. So you would have gotten in the car with dude and just driven him across the border to Idaho through the mountains in the middle of the night to go see ears at his establishment? Human no, no. Ears? That's a no, fair point. No, That's but I'm point. saying, like, you just, like, moved on. Like, it was like... All right, whatever. Like, well, it didn't quite go down like that, but I'm not going to spend an hour telling the whole saga. But I mean, I remember that it was one of those guys where he flim flam, like he was in tears over his, his woman leaving him. 
But then it would just shift into like his woman's waiting for him at home and like we can go meet her too. Like, it, dude, dude, it was just, it was very oh, all over the yeah, place. Yeah, that's a very, very strange. That's a very drunk person conversation, man. The, speaking, uh, speaking of which, you're having a holiday party out there. I just want the lead, <laughs> I just want the listeners to know that Hayden is mildly is lit that what's going, for this is that recording. Yeah. Yeah. Phil, we, uh, Phil, who just popped in, was feeding you cider and Mai Tais or something, right? Yeah, Phil's feeling good too. Uh, well, we, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> and uh, Chef Kevin Gillespie, uh, he made hot butter rum. Phil made is that some like a ho- buttery nipple? Is that like a tall uh, pour I, of a buttery nipple? I don't know what it is. It, <laughs> it, it, it tastes like if you let's see, if you dropped your fruity rum drink into the uh, into the butter that you were dipping your crab in, that's what it tastes like. But a good time is being had good by for you, uh, man. Yeah, a good time is being had by uh, well me. Uh, <laughs> well, keep it going. What's your bar? Yeah. What's your round table so, bar? Where Marty and I have most recently crossed paths. Yes. Was out at an outfitter that I have mentioned on this podcast, I think a time or two before, uh, owned by the folks that initially introduced me to Party Marty. Um, mm. We met there. Yep, and that's uh, that's Salmon Probably, River. Or, probably. Yep, that's Salmon River Outfitters. Uh, and now Salmon River Outfitters, in addition to having uh, lodging and a uh, you know a pretty a darn shop. good tackle shop. Great shot, by the way. Really a good shot, man. It's a good like hang. Anything uh, you, you could ever want. Even if the is bar is closed, man, it's a good place to hang at. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that I'm saying they like it's a great shop too. They, he has everything almost. Literally you know? everything, man. Has has Crazy he ever? In, in the he we're talking about is uh, my buddy Chris. Marty, has Chris ever just run you out of house and home on the dartboard? Yes. Oh my god! I, yes. I, I lost two hundred dollars to him in a weekend one time playing. Darts. I don't. I was smart enough. I mean, I'm terrible at darts. I was smart enough never bet money, but I played. Yeah. Well, you're smarter than I am because yeah, she was the. Uh, but anyhow, Sam River Outfitters also has a uh, a little bit of a greasy spoon and a bar attached to it. Now, if you go down the steps, if you go yep. go through the fishing lodge down the steps, kind of takes this subterranean enclave. That's and, pretty, yeah, and, exactly. Yep, it's all like knotty pine and like you know just wood, and they uh, they give you peanuts and you can throw the shells. I think, on the don't floor. they have? Don't they have? Um, is that not, maybe it's not them? Don't they have the money all over the walls? Yo, I was just getting to that. Now the the main like you know the main quality that this bar has, the main characteristic, is uh, a few thousand bucks stapled mm-hmm. all over the wall and uh yeah. all sorts of just drawn upon dollar bills you know uh i have one that i uh, dress george washington up like donald trump with markers and it says uh <laughs> i'm gonna catch a steelhead it's gonna be huge <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what i think there's one that has mine it says marty the party on it yeah but i wouldn't I get... imagine it would say anything else yep and I'll, I'll tell you what man that bar starts off as like a normal bar where you, you buy your drinks and you and they they give you the drink and you and you drink it and then by about ten o'clock at night, man, it is it is no longer a normal bar. You're behind the kitchen. You're making yourself a cheeseburger. Yeah. You're serving yeah, yeah. yourself out of the well. Yeah, they're like, "Help! We're too busy, dude." Like that happens often there. My takeaway from this this very slapped together uh, that's my bar roundtable is that at some point down the road we should do. Uh, it was Hayden you mentioned it like an East Coast. Um, bar crawl, fishing yeah. bars crawl, and film that as it. It should be a video series on the Media yeah, you YouTube know, channel. The local watering hole is important to the fishing like culture. You know, 
Yeah, yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll get together and do that after the new year. We'll make that a goal, and then maybe it expands out because I'm sure everybody else could fill us in on uh, where to do the crawl in the Midwest, and then on the West Coast, and then through the Rockies. I'll tell you what, man. That's a series I will participate in anytime. Marty, thank you for bringing the party directly to bent on New Year's Eve. <laughs> what are you doing for New Year's? Um, I think I'll be at my brother's in Massachusetts doing nothing, actually. Do you want to say that again? Because I had assumed the answer would be partying. You're going to oh. ruin your whole shit here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, partying, yeah. Your headset makes you look like a stockbroker in 2002. I'm trading right now, dude. <laughs> I got multiple screens. You guys don't know. All right? I'm trading right now. So happy that Marty could stop by for that little oh, watering hole too, rap man. session. It's, it's always fun having Marty on. Um... It's even more fun fishing with Marty. I know you guys have hung out. I, I don't know if you've ever actually fished together. No. Uh, but I, yeah, I say every time he's on, he's, he's the best. The three of us need to fish together. That's a thing we have to make happen. And, and the bar crawl, both of those things. But maybe it, the fishing first. It's a good idea. Um, and if you're listening, you know, put that in the, uh, in the content ideas. Uh, we, we do need to go hang out and fish with Party Marty, all jokes aside. Um, and that dude is like, like universally fishy. You know what yes. I mean? He's really yes. good at all types of fly fishing from like drives to mice to nymphing. He's like, you know, a jack of all trades. Yeah. And he really gets after it, man. Like he's fishing on his days off, yep. like dropping clients off in the evening and going back out mousing by himself. Yep. So uh, if you live in the Northeast and, and one of your resolutions is getting better at fly fishing, Marty's not a bad guy to know. He's good a good guy, guy to guy contact. To yeah. He can help you out. Um, now, now while, while that's not a resolution of mine, you know, because I already know everything about every type of fly fishing. I do have one more small fishing resolution, which I'll explain in this week's End of the Line. Fishy, 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 fishy! Well, that's not loud enough, Bert. In honor of the new year, and since we've already brought up resolutions, I'm going to close out End of the Line for 2021, talking about a lure I've never fished. I've just stared at it for about five years now. I've contemplated using it, I even thought, shit, maybe this could be some kind of secret weapon, but like many, many anglers, sometimes I'm guilty of sticking to the known and familiar just a little bit too much. To our listeners in Australia, Tasmania, and New Zealand, I'm sorry. You're going to be cross with me after this, but that's okay, because I'm already saying right now, I'm wrong and you're right. You already understand the power of the Tasmanian devil lore, or Tassie for short, if the internet is correct, but I do not. The Tasmanian Devil I own is listed on the website of Tasmanian lore maker Wigston as Christmas tree. But when I look at the blended red, green, and gold foil on that body, all I see are Rastafarian shades. Tasmanian devils are very unique. Picture a torpedo without any fins. The weighted body has a slightly tapered cigar shape, which curves up just a little to give it a bit of bow. The cigar bodies are painted or foiled with all kinds of snazzy colors like Hot Canary, Rowley's Riot, and Bleeding Flamingo. That body is then completely encased in clear plastic, which forms a wide set of tapering wings on either side of the body. Now, the silhouette of a Tazzy is kind of reminiscent of a manta ray or a flying squirrel or one of those Red Bull whack jobs that base jumps in one of those wingsuits. Anyway, the Tasmanian Devil is a line-through lure. Meaning instead of having attached hooks, you run the end of your liner leader through the hole in the lure's body, 
add a plastic bead, and then tie the hook of your choice to the end of that line. In the water, the combination of those big wings and the freedom the lure has to twist and turn on the line creates a wide side-to-side wobbling action that I call like an odd cross between a traditional spoon and, and a chatterbait. It swims in kind of an arc, waddling up one direction before dipping back down and waddling up the other. Tasmanian devils are very popular as trolling lures, but the smaller sizes are extremely castable. In fact, much like a spoon, they fly far, at least in the videos I've seen. You can also vertically jig a tassie. They were popularized in Tasmania and New Zealand as a trout lure, and I got my hands on that Rasta model from an old fan from Down Under. Yet every time I go trout fishing, or smallmouth fishing for that matter, even if the lure is in my bag, I don't tie it on. And before you know it, the day is over and I've fished my normal regiment of offerings. The earliest versions of the Tassie Devil were created by Eddie Wigston. And according to Wigston's website, he and his sons tinkered with prototypes all through the 1960s. And it wasn't until 1979 that the lure you can buy today went into full commercial production. Point being, they've been around, man, and they're certainly proven. So it's not a matter of me thinking the lure won't produce. For the longest time, I think I talked myself out of tying it on for fear of losing it. After all, you couldn't run to Wally World for another one, and it was a gift from a fellow angler very, very far away. But recently I've noticed something. Tasmanian devils are gaining traction in the walleye scene. And these days, you can buy them on the website of Fish USA, and during a couple visits to the Midwest over the summer, I happen to see... Wigston's Tasmanian Devils hanging on tackle shop pegboards. So while it's a minor resolution, right, I vow to finally fish that damn thing this year because it's not catching anything in the package in the garage. I'll report back, but despite any other resolutions you make for 2022, maybe add tie on some wacky shit you'd have never used before, even if only for a day or 15 minutes or just 10 casts. So that's it for this week and for this year, for that matter. Um, It's been a tumultuous year for Ben, shall we say, but I would just like to close out 2021 by saying how happy I am that you, Hayden, are here, man. I'm looking forward to 2022 and doing some fresh, cool shit with Ben and you. When I look back on things in 2021 that I was like really excited, I have this habit, man. I like lie in bed at night at like you know, New Year's Eve or whatever. And I try and think of every like cool thing that happened to me that year. And like, you know, all the stuff that I was really proud and happy to be a part of. I try and keep the self-loathing off the table that night. Uh, and this, this is like, gotta be at least in the bottom of the top 10, right? Oh, it's higher than the bottom of the top 10, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm, su- I, I'm, I'm just so happy to be here, man. It's uh, it, it is an honor and not something that I, uh, that I take for granted. But hey, look, speaking of fresh new shit, don't forget, folks, that we're dropping our first listener Q&A segment next week. We want to hear from you. So keep those questions coming to bent at themediator.com, along with all those bar nominations, sale bin items, awkward photos, and whatever else you feel like sending. 
Yes, and keep those Degenerate Angler and Bent Podcast hashtags cranking on Instagram. We see them all. And, we like uh, them all. <laughs> yes, we do. And let, let, let us just say, thanks so much for listening to Bent this year, right? Nothing makes us happier than hearing from you guys about how we enhance your Fridays, your mm-hmm. drive to and from work, or how you're actually listening to Bent when you're supposed to be answering calls to the emergency medical center. Don't do um, that. Don't do that. <laughs> but please do have a happy new year, Degenerates, and go gear up to... You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose Interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.